it's cornhole in time, kids. Gentlemen, welcome to Hero Movie Podcast. That's the other show. See, I'm so used to just going from one to the other to the other. No. Oh, no. This is the film find, kids. I don't know I'm if you've here. heard it before. My name's Adam Porches. That there is Matt Smith. Oh, man. Feels like we were just here two seconds ago, didn't it? I think we, uh, I think we literally were. We literally were. Uh, because <laughs> we recorded this episode just when you finished here in the last episode. So uh, if the energy is a little bit lower, fuck you. We did two episodes in a row, so <laughs> go to hell. And I say go you to hell. have a good episode, though. It's <laughs> like You can go to hell whatever you want, uh, but uh, we've got some good stuff to talk about. Let me show. tell you, we got a lot of good stuff. So last show, we did Hateful Eight. We did Daddy's Home. So now we're going to go on to some other stuff. He talks shit about Point Break. He talks shit about Point Break, the man. Remake. The Point Break it's- remake. Come on, son. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, this episode. We're going to be talking about The Big Short, the new one from Adam McKay, of all motherfucking people. And we'll talk about that. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about uh, Joy, the new one from uh, David O. Russell, who uh, I've had a hit and miss relationship with. We'll talk about whether he hit or miss with this particular one. Uh, big show. And of course, we still have other new released stuff to talk about that's not in full uh, form review or nothing like that. So, you know, we don't fucking stop around here. Right. As I was telling Matt off off air earlier, um, I, I got a friend who is a uh, who's a who's a critic, if you will, um, for kind of you know just online stuff. Nothing too mainstream. It's not his full time job. He does do other work, but he does get paid for this shit. And I thought it was funny. I've seen more movies this year than he has. <laughs> so a guy who is uh, paid on some sort of professional level to do this versus a guy who literally throws money away every month by doing this. And I did more. So we that's... will gladly keep pimping Movie Pass for complimentary yes. Movie Pass subscriptions if Movie Pass wants to give them to so us. So Movie Pass because we pimp it anyway. com because honest to God and because people because like I tell people I, like I tell people at work because they you know they find out when I do a podcast and stuff and I'm just like yeah man so I've like I've seen like 130 movies this year and they're just like how in the fuck and I'm just like they're like you you're like fucking made of money right what are your commission checks here are you doing way better than me why are you selling more than me the numbers on the board don't say that you've sold more than me how do you afford all this shit and I go fucking Movie Pass bro. And I, if they pay me, I would I would pimp them every goddamn week on this show because, honest to God, if it weren't for them, this show would not be possible. <laughs> but uh, uh, so you know, if if you want to be that kind of movie holic person, man, fucking this this is how we do it. This is how we do it. <laughs> for yeah, sure. it's Friday night. And I I, I like Montel Williams. I am six foot something. So <laughs> oh and and oh. and a black man. Um, <laughs> yes, that bit's not you true. Definitely at all. are. 
The blackest of men. We're the sir. blackest of guys here, and you, you damn sure know that. So we're going to talk about, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Joy, and we're going to be talking about uh, the Big Short. Um, you know, did you did when you saw the other guys? Which oddly enough, two episodes in a row talking about the other guys. If you saw the other guys, and at the end you saw the credit sequence, and you were like, "God damn it! Why don't they make a fucking movie about that credit sequence?" Guess what? They did, uh, and Adam McKay directed that one too. So. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll be talking about that. Who put that together? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I can almost guarantee you not a ton of people talk about the, the, how that's a, a thing, but it is. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff, and we got other things. So, Matt, let's just jump right into it. Um, what have I been watching? I'll go since you went last time. I'll go this time. All right. Uh, so this this uh, this go around, I want to talk about how I saw the uh, the new movie Concussion uh, starring Ooh. Will Smith. Um didn't make a big splash at the box office. Um, kind of, I, I think it's mixed reviews, fairly, for the most part. Um, it's about the concussion cases and stuff in the NFL. I know a lot of people find this shit fucking boring. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a football fan. I enjoy uh, football. Um, and I understand how the head concussion stuff is a, you know, is a big fucking thing. It's a violent-ass fucking game. Well, the, the biggest point of contention, right, is that... Uh that the NFL knowingly covered this up for decades. Oh yeah. Right. And so most people still don't know that they go like, well, you know, uh, why is it such a big deal? The players know like, no, the players did not know up until very recently, the players were not told anything about any of this because the, the NFL is a very large, powerful organization Mm -hmm. makes, uh, billions of dollars a year. And, uh, they have a financial interest in not telling players something that could potentially make them not want to play for the NFL. Yeah. Especially, you know, big, big names, big money. It's, it's all about that stuff. So, and you know, it was all about the kind of covering up of, you know, these findings and the kind of suppression of those findings and the, the trying their, their attempts at discreditation of this doctor. Well, it's so successful that like, it still is a thing that people will say there's not evidence for. Yeah. Even though the NFL now acknowledges it, but they were so successful over the course of 20 something years mm-hmm. uh, that people will still sit there and say, like, uh, no, that's not true. Yeah. And then there are some people that still, you know, I mean, there's still some infractions and stuff that happened in these things. And then, you know, I mean, for example, like two weeks ago in, in, a, in, a, in a Panthers game, you know, a player got, you know, hit helmet to helmet from fucking behind uh, from a Giants player. And that guy barely got anything. He later got a slap on the wrist. But, I mean, it was just like some of these things were just like, God damn it, you really could have ended a man's career and or life with some of that fucking shit. So, I mean, they're taking it more seriously now than they have in the past, but there's still a lot of uh, things that could be taken a lot more seriously. Uh Um but, you know, look, it's a good movie. Will Smith does put in a great performance. I mean, he got an Oscar nomination for Ali. I think this is a stronger performance than Ali, he I would say. Had, he has a he has a Golden Globe nom for okay. Best Actor in a, in a lead role. So we'll see. Um, I feel like he could at least get a nomination. I mean, the movie itself is not... Um, I don't want to say it's nothing to write home about because it's a good movie. Um, it, it covers a serious subject and does so very well. Everybody is, you know, very serviceable in what they do. Uh, I don't know that you need to run out and go see it, but uh, if it's on HBO, watch it. Yeah, I had a I had a friend uh, who I who I generally trust with movies um, say that uh, it was uh, lifetime good. 
Oh, it's better than Lifetime Good. I mean, I think people throw that around having not really seen a lot of Lifetime movies. Well, Those I, are fucking bad. <laughs> I have. And I, I have to say my own personal expectations, even after um, this, uh, seems to be that uh, I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> and most people aren't. And here's the thing. And and here's the here's the kind of the rough part of a lot of it. I think at the same time too, it's like people that would be interested in seeing about you know a, a movie that has to do with medical shit and football are probably football fans that don't really want to hear this shit. <laughs> yeah, because it can it takes away from the game that they love, and, and you know it very well can. I mean, because there are some rules now. I'll be honest with you, that um have. In a way, I mean, obviously, I know it's done for safety and whatever, but there's some things that are like have really gone to super pussification of some football stuff where it's just like, you know, stuff that really wouldn't injure somebody, but they've kind of pussified some of the rules and stuff. I mean, for things that are serious injuries, 100%, I get it. But they've sometimes they've even gone above and beyond those things to where it's just like, oh, you kind of do this. Well, we're going to penalize you even further and stuff. So. I could see how football fans would not want to see this movie because it would it would reinforce a lot of the bad things that they deep down kind of know to fucking be true. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but a good movie overall. Nothing super spectacular, but you know, for what it is and what it does, it's all right. I, I give it I give it a pass. All right, <laughs> but three three and a half out of five, just to put that put that final point on it. Fair right, enough. What do you got? Uh, well, just one thing. Uh, so I've mostly been spending the past couple of weeks catching up on some TV and this week I'm, uh, finally caught up and, uh, just watched, I guess it's, it's just recently aired, but, uh, Ash versus evil dead goes out on a fucking bang, sir. Uh, this show I've is like screen Queens is something that I championed in other earlier episodes. And, um, uh, it kind of still hits all the right notes. It takes some wild left turns in the last half of the season that I really didn't see coming. I was like, holy shit, that person said, holy shit, this thing happened. Uh, and it, it really just is exactly like everything you would want an Evil Dead show to be. Uh, and it stays true to that right up until the end uh, when, without giving anything away, Ash continues to make the dumbest fucking decision possible uh, concerning uh, the end of the world. Uh, so, so um, something inconsequential. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I, I have to say, uh, I really hope this show comes back for a second season. Uh, I think all signs point to uh, yes. Um, in that regard, fans really uh, were on board with this. Uh, series. Uh, I, I know I'm not the only uh, Raimi Evil Dead fan that really dug this shit. Um, I think the ratings were fairly good on it. I mean, it's kind of a smaller niche show uh, to begin with. Um, but Stars, I mean, is, is the lesser of the three major premium cable networks uh, I'll tell you as, this far, much. as far as its viewership goes. Um, I'll tell you this. Yeah. As, someone who, as someone who sells television, uh-huh. People are asking for stars more and more than you could possibly imagine. Oh no! I and know. I, and I will say this stuff, right? It's it's that show, uh, Pal- Flesh and Bone. I believe people is on love there. fucking power. I've never seen it. Power. I don't know nothing about it, but people fucking love that yep. goddamn show. Uh, it's an up and coming, but uh, but I can't imagine that given some of the shows that are on there still uh, that and that uh, don't have as good ratings as. Uh, 
you know, anything else on Showtime or, or uh, HBO, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I find it very hard to believe that they would not renew this show because uh, it can't it cannot cost that much. Uh, it's a half hour format. Uh, the biggest costs are probably, um, in makeup and SFX and, uh, Bruce Campbell's salary and, and everything else. And Bruce Campbell's not like Brad Pitt. He's not going right. to get, you know, a yeah, billion I mean, this dollars. Is, this is a guy that's made numerous sci-fi originals. So, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, he's not exactly breaking the bank, although, uh, I, I hope, and I'm sure that he's well compensated. He's probably um, paid pretty decently, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, those have to be the two biggest expenses expenses. Cause, uh, like the other, the other big actor on the show is, is Lucy Lawless. And, uh, for the first half of the season, she's in like two episodes. Hmm. Um, and, uh, she's in really like only in the entirety of the last two episodes. So, uh, they use her character very well, um, as well. Uh, but I don't want to give anything away because I really want people to watch this show. It's really quick, 10 episodes. It's uh, basically five and a half hours-ish uh, because the first episode is an hour long and then 30 minutes thereafter. Um, I so, sneak it all in. Uh, so get it all in there, man. It's, it is well worth everyone's time uh, if you're into the Splatstick stuff. Splatstick, uh, I like that term. Did you make that up or did you pull that? No, that's Raimi's. Okay. Splat, it's it's his term for like Evil Dead and uh, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. And uh, and uh, I believe he really started using it uh, when he was promoting uh, Drag Me to Hell. I was about to say, like, Drag Me yeah. to Hell is very much that. So, it's yeah. it's Splatstick. Oh, I love it. No, it's so, great. It's, yeah. it's like it's, yeah. it's absolutely fucking accurate. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the entire premise of of, of Evil Dead Two uh, is what if when the Three Stooges hit one another, there was blood. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, anyway. Um, let's get down to our, uh, big reviews. All right, everybody. Uh, first up here, we're going to have the, uh, trailer for the big short, uh, after the green band goes away. I didn't time this out well enough, green so I band. apologize. Holy shit. There's no red bands for these. I tried, I swear. Michael, how are you? I found something really interesting. The whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans. They will fail. The housing market is rock solid. It's a time bomb. So Mike Burry, who gets his hair cut at Supercuts and doesn't wear shoes, knows more than Alan Greenspan. Dr. Mike Burry, yes he does. You know what? I'm pissed off. American people are getting screwed by the big banks. And I am getting madder and madder. It's unbelievable. Then this guy walks into my office and says, There's some shady stuff going down. All the banks were having a big old party. A few outsiders saw what no one else could. The whole world economy might collapse. Sure, the world's banks have more incentives than greed. You're wrong. No one's paying attention. The banks got greedy. And we can profit off of their stupidity. You want to bet against the banks? I think we're either high or having a stroke. Kind of brilliant. Fraud has never ever worked. Eventually, things go south. When the hell did we forget all that? How can the banks let this happen? It's fueled by stupidity. But that's not stupidity, that's fraud. 
Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. <laughs> <laughs> what you just did you just bet against the american economy if you're wrong you can lose it all the banks and defraud the american people now we can kick them in the teeth okay here we go you target strippers with bad loans mm -hmm. and they're all cash rich <gasps> not going to be able to refinance on all my loans what do you mean all your loans i have five houses and a condo. Alrighty, that was the trailer for The Big Short, our first new release review of this episode. I'd say of this week, but we had the other show. Right. Uh, this is uh, directed by Adam McKay, written by Adam McKay, Charles Randolph, based on the book by Michael Lewis. Here's the IMDb plotline. Four denizens of the world of high finance predict the credit and housing bubble collapse of the mid-2000s and decide to take on the big banks for their greed and lack of foresight. This is starring Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt, and just like 8 billion goddamn people. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Mm -hmm. um, so Adam McKay, you know, this, I, I don't know that we would say that this would come from Adam McKay, you know, when you think about it, from the director of, uh, you know, Anchorman 2, the other guys, some stepbrothers, right. <laughs> fucking Talladega, Talladega Nights. Well, <laughs> I, I I believe that uh, Michael Lewis actually revealed and uh, that Adam McKay was, was given this movie uh, if he agreed to make Anchorman 2. Oh, well, and, and so, good like, on you, Adam McKay. I like so that. He had, so he had uh, he, he had scripted this and, and had tried to get it made. But the deal was that if they gave him the go ahead to do this, he had to do Anchorman 2. So uh, that's why we had Anchorman 2. Oh. Well, <laughs> really like, blazing like success that that turned out to be. <laughs> well, I mean, this one, though, is really the dark horse success. I mean, it's uh, getting rave reviews. People seem to really like this thing. Mm -hmm. Um it's very unconventional uh, filmmaking. Oh, very. Uh, and uh, I, I loved it, man. I, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a rollicking, uh, depressing good time. Um, Here's the thing. This is a tough fucking subject to make a movie about. Uh, no, much less, I mean, to make a, a regular documentary on, much less an actual drama depicting, you know, actual events. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of finance in this. There's a lot of, like, this could be an astoundingly boring, dry piece of garbage. And it's not. Yeah. No, it's not at all. It's uh, even the parts that are like, okay, we're using a bunch of language that we now have to explain to you, right? Mm -hmm. There's this clever conceit that the movie comes up with where it's just going to be like, look, all of this is really boring. So how are we going to get you to pay attention and try to understand it? Well, here's Margot Robbie taking a bubble bath, right? Here's, Bravo. here's here's Selena Gomez playing like gambling. Yeah, and she's going great. to explain it to you, right? Like with, like that with shit. this finance motherfucker. Right. <laughs> and so like it, it's just this really clever thing. Uh, it's shot in a way that is uh, like unimaginable in any other film. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, right, but here it kind of just works. Right, there's these weird rack focuses. Um, that unlike some of the Duplass brothers, like it just works, uh, for some reason, um, instead of just being eccentric and this, this far is, too many of them. This is the biggest, I didn't even think about it until just now. This is the biggest budget mumblecore movie ever. It's kind it kind of is. It yeah. kind of is, man. Uh, uh, but 
But one thing that I also really liked is that, like, like clearly they are, uh, like, McKay and, and the cinematographer, who I should have fucking looked up before now, um, but I'm going to draw that out uh, as, I, as I talk, uh, <laughs> is one thing that they're going for is, Barry like, Aykroyd. This, uh, it, it is Barry Aykroyd? Correct. Okay. Um, so, uh, so, like, this, uh, one thing they're definitely going for here is, uh, you know, this uh, kind of documentary style verite thing right and and Aykroyd of course uh you know uh, has done a lot of stuff with uh like Paul Greengrass um I I believe he was uh Bigelow's on the Hurt Locker you you have the IMDB page yes yeah he was Hurt Locker Mm -hmm. uh and uh you know just a really amazing kind of uh in your face gritty realism kind of style that he is able to pull off and a lot of people try to ape and do completely unsuccessfully um but uh, here, one of the things that I also really liked is because there's already this mode of like self-address established by the characters, right? Like Ryan Gosling, uh, like speaks directly to the fucking camera. There is more fourth breaking in this motherfucker than yeah. you've ever seen. Uh, and even on top, of, I'd almost call it fifth wall breaking in a sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh but one thing that I really like in this style is like there I don't think there's a single scene when like one character at least one character doesn't kind of glance at the camera and a like can you fucking believe this kind of thing yeah right like like <laughs> it's like can seriously you fucking believe this is serious <laughs> like this is actually what happened uh because because it's nuts like and that's kind of what makes uh, i think mckay a, a strong uh voice as a director here is is that he has this unconventional way of thinking about things because he has such a like high improvisational uh like non-straightforward drama background that he, he's able to think outside the box a little bit and uh, come up with some interesting scenarios of how the hell do you make this a movie, like a, a narrative uh, fiction film. Yeah, it's tough. Um, and, and I think that it works. I think uh, all the performances are great. Uh, for those of you who uh, are out there and perhaps expect that at some point uh, all these stories interconnect, they do, but not in the way that like most movies would ever have them interconnect. Basically, just everybody shows up at the same place at one point. It ain't Crash. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I've been no, hating no. on Crash for like four episodes now. It's been great. Uh, well, I mean, it's none of those movies, right? Like, literally, the the closest they get to interacting is uh, they all show up at a at a finance convention in Vegas uh, toward the end of the film. Uh, but they're all in, interstage left, exit stage things. right, kind of thing. Yeah, but they're all off doing different things, right? Like, yeah. they're not interacting with one another at all. Um, so you kind of have this uh, kind of. Uh, four different stories going on, right? It's, uh, it's like, uh, uh, Steve Carell's, uh, group, um, inclusion with Ryan Gosling. It's these two young investors. It's, uh, th- that are trying to get in on the system, mm-hmm. uh, coupled with Brad Pitt's kind of, uh, aged investor who's kind of retired because he knows the whole system's bullshit and it ruins people's lives. Um, and then, and then, uh, Christian Bale's uh, character, Christian and- Bale's character, and uh, just kind of some of the stuff going on outside of that, right? So you've got this this kind of weird structure where you're going back and forth as these people piece together uh, exactly how fucked we were uh, back in 2007 when uh, the housing crisis had not quite hit. Um, and uh, it's really amazingly executed, I think. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of balls in the air, and McKay uh, pulls it off 
pretty flawlessly letting you know, like, hey, here's where everything is. Don't worry. I'm not going to drop one of these. Yeah. Well, and and it's pretty funny, too. Like the movie is a funny movie. Yeah. Uh, And so, I mean, kind of proving the old adage of like comedy is tragedy plus time. Right. (laughs) True. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> like like it like that's literally how this film functions. Two thousand nine, like, you might not have laughed at this thing. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. But twenty fifteen, you're just like, holy shit, this like, is ridiculous. Oh yes, this is absolutely ridiculous. Of these like scumbag guys selling people houses that they know damn well they can't fucking you know get refinancing and just other just like utter worldly horseshit going on. It's just like it's astounding. Which still happens, by the way, like uh, like uh, the the types of loans that uh, that they were betting against are now offered again. They're just called something else. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Like, in fact, I think that's one of the stingers at the end of the film is like introducing that information. But they are literally the same types of loans. They just call them a different thing. And that's uh, government for you. Well, I mean, it's just fucking Wall Street, right? Well, Wall Street, Wall Street now, like, for example, uh, the the three of the largest banks are now eight times larger than they were in 2007. Kind of makes you scratch your head, uh, doesn't it, kids? (laughs) And uh, and, you know, like if you were too big to fail, then what the fuck now? Right. Like uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, let's get back to the movie. I applaud, and, but here's, well, speaking of the movie, I applaud uh, and damn them at the same time for, and, and I, cause I don't know how to, I, I, ultimately I don't know how to think about it, uh-huh. but I applaud and damn them for not involving any political people at all because yeah, well, I mean, political policies were, were also at hand to a degree oh, with some of this. Shit. Oh hell yeah. Well, it's a long history of deregulation where there's yeah. no fucking oversight of any of the banking structures, right? Which is still ongoing. There's never been any of that shit. Uh, Elizabeth Warren came into office uh kind of uh she was appointed to her to her position to kind of start getting these banks back under regulations that they should have been on uh but had not been for 30 fucking years. Um and uh, it just never happened, mostly because, uh, as this film points out, this shit is extremely boring, and uh, yeah. American Americans do not want to fucking learn about it. Uh, and so, in order to explain why you need to do something, uh, you know, uh, you have to go through a whole rigmarole of shit. Whereas, like the big banks can just go, uh, "Well, we're business, and business is good, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't fuck with our business," which. Uh, if you watch this movie, like is not actually a way that all business should be conducted at all. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like this is, uh, this is the, um, like conclusion of Wolf of Wall Street, right? That's a, I was going to, that's exactly what I was going to say is this is a great double feature for these. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it ends a little before this period, right? Like his downfall in Wall Street, uh, kind of predicted uh kind of what the fuck was going to happen because it's all a game system right mm-hmm. um and then and uh so uh, yeah i think looking at these two films back to back you can see very clearly just how entwined banking and housing and uh economic policy is kind of all just tied up together in this weird fucking bundle that makes no goddamn sense. And those, those of you outside of the U S I'd love to hear some feedback. If you've seen this movie, uh, because I fucking know that shit doesn't happen like this exactly in your countries. 
And uh, I, I can only imagine how mind-bogglingly idiotic this must all seem to you. <laughs> the film find at gmail.com. Tell us, <laughs> like, yes, I'm glad I'm not with you people. Yeah, because, <laughs> because I have to tell you, as someone who lived through it and kind of understood what was going on then, even then I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, <laughs> watching this thing play out in front of me, you know. Um, so just yeah. remember, kids, the government and and financial sector all have your best interests at heart, right? <laughs> when, when they are working together, neither oh. one of them have your interests at heart. No, <laughs> when, pretty when much, very much the opposite of that. <laughs> like, like there are instances isolated, I would say, uh, of both government and big business in like operating actually in your wholeheartedly in your interests. Yeah, very rare. <laughs> uh, most of the time, it's partially in your interest. Very few wholeheartedly, both of them. But Most of the time, but, they're trying to fuck you. <laughs> but, but when they're together, cover up your asshole. Yeah, because it's, 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 it's cornhole in time, kids. Yeah. When they see eye to eye on something, you're about to get rammed, <laughs> uh, is, is the long and short of it. Yep. Longer rather than short. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. <laughs> uh, anyway... Um, yeah, do you have any any other thoughts on this uh, flick? No, I thought it was fun, man. Uh, like like as for as depressing a movie it is as it is, I I, I thought it was just a fun movie too. Uh, uh, I don't know, I enjoyed this shit. Yeah, for um, a movie that should be should be boring, should be tedious, should be awful. I'm glad that somebody like Adam McKay got on to it and 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 did what he did with it. Uh, I think it is like I said, it sounds like a fucked up thing to say, but it is. It's a lot of fun. There's yeah. a lot of uh, really good performances in this. Um, and everybody and it gets all of it right. Yeah. The numbers are right. Like, like, like this is, this could be a documentary. That is how informative it is. It is actually literally true. Uh, but it's amazing. Well, it's like I, I said on the last episode, when you saw the end of the other guys, all the credits for the other guys was all about the housing market and how fucked up everything was. And you huh? felt while watching that, how in a sense it was very disconnected from what the other guys was. And you're like, God damn it. Adam McKay has something to goddamn well fucking say. And he says it here. This is, this yeah. is the follow-up to the other guy's credit sequence. <laughs> yeah. If that yeah, makes any exactly. fucking sense to anyone, but it is. But I, I love how, you know, there's a, there's a, there is that fourth wall break into a moment, like literally when they just go, and I love that a movie is the first time really taking, you know, action with this and just goes, hey, look, this is not how this shit fucking happened. We found it out like this, but hey, this is for this story. Oh, yeah. So, hey, look how fucking cool the this story is. The characters actually tell you. That, yeah, they right? say, hey, look, this isn't how this shit <laughs> we, happened. We it happened this way. We actually didn't find this document in the lobby of Lehman Brothers. We, you know, like we, we ran into this person who knew what was going on. But hey, for the story, it works for what you got, right? Right? And then everybody shakes exactly. their head and just goes, fuck yeah, it does. It, it totally works with what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and I will give you this leeway. And I, I thought it was uh, nice and bold for a movie to kind of fucking do that shit. Um, right. uh, the cinematography, it's, it's interesting. God damn it, it's haphazard, though. It doesn't feel like they blocked out anything. And they were just like, hey, you're good at that green grass shit where you're on the fly. Motherfucker, we ain't got no time to block this shit. You're going to be well, flying at the like edge that. of your toes. But I, I do feel like uh, that that it's supposed to feel that way. Uh, like like a lot of Aykroyd's stuff and a lot of the Greengrass stuff, uh, the action scenes are very well blocked out. But a lot of the other things, right, uh, are not as much. We're catching three-fourths of this movie's out of focus, kids, just to let you know. Well, Maybe it's, it's very, a little oversimplifying, it's not, but... It's not out of focus. It's a very soft focus. Well, right, okay, soft focus. Right, like, yeah. like it is a very... It's not, it's not sharp all the time um 
it's got like a real weird dream quality through some of it, um, which is not unfitting, I don't think, because it is a nightmare. <laughs> it's good. It's got a um, the last couple of movies, like from Daddy's Home to this, they've all had really good soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Good soundtracks for these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's a yeah strong recommendation, I think. Yeah, this is this is a go and see this thing. Uh, I I don't know how it's going to do Oscar wise. I uh, I know that they're trying to push both Carell and uh, Bale in leading here's, actor. Here's nominations, the problem. Here's the problem. And it's going to cancel everybody out. Well, that's the. Th- I mean, I'm true, but here's the here's the big problem with that. Neither of them, I I think, has enough screen time for that. And and as good as all the performance are in this uh, performances are in this movie, and I think Brad Pitt has a great, very understated performance in this movie. Um, I just I don't feel that there's enough screen time for people to really kind of grab a hold of that, you know. Uh huh. I could be wrong, but we shall see. They've done fucking weirder ass things. I'll tell you that much. Um. All right. So let's get into a movie review. Fucking shit. You think we hadn't been doing this show for a couple years? Uh, here's the trailer for uh, the new movie from David O. Russell, another movie with a, a great fucking soundtrack to it. Uh, here's yep. a trailer for Joy. Christy, look at me. I want you to remember something because a lot of times people get nice things and they start to think differently. We got here from hard work, patience, and humility. So I want to tell you, don't ever think that the world owes you anything because it doesn't. The world doesn't owe you a thing. valedictorian in high school. I got into a fancy college. I stay in here because my parents are getting divorced. No! You know what you are, Terry? You're like a gas leak. We don't see you, we don't smell you, but you're silently killing us all. Maybe your dreams are on hold for now. That's a nice way of putting it. You're so beautiful. You could have married anybody. You could have married a doctor, a lawyer, a nice man instead of this. I don't even know what to call this guy. Are you seriously talking about this right now? I believe the ordinary meets the extraordinary every single day. I have real ambitions and real ideas. We're making an invention, and it's very serious. Joy's never run a business in her entire life. It's my fault. I gave her the confidence to think she was more than just an unemployed housewife. I don't want to end up like my family. I have to do things myself once and for all. Okay, Godspeed. Good luck. Here we go. As you grow up and come into the world that has all sorts of things in it, money, crime, Betrayal. Seems like you're shaking us down. You can pay more. I can't. And I won't. And you realize that the only thing you're going to have is what you make. You are in a room, and there is a gun on the table. I want my life to be. The only other person in the room is an adversary in commerce. Only one of you can prevail. Do you pick up the gun, Troy? I pick up the gun. speak on my behalf about my business again to love somebody to love somebody the way i love you that was a trailer for Joy, our last new release review of this week. Uh, here is the IMDb plotline. Joy is the story of the title character. Somebody really fucking went out of their way to write this garbage. 
the title character. Go fuck yourself, whoever wrote this, you piece of shit. I'll read it anyway. Joy is a story of the title character who rose to become the founder and matriarch of a powerful family business dynasty. This is uh, directed by David O. Russell. Uh, screenplay by David O. Russell and a Annie Mumolo uh, by the uh, story from David O. Russell. Starring Jennifer Lawrence, Robert De Niro, Bradley Cooper, Edgar Ramirez, Diane Ladd, uh, Virginia Madsen, Isabella Rossellini, and just fucking 8 billion goddamn people in this thing. There's so many people in this. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. So let's start here. Um, I'm a mixed bag on uh, David O. Russell. Right. Um, I, I don't love all of his stuff. I don't hate all of his stuff. You know, you have your stuff like Three Kings, and then you have stuff like The Fighter, which while The Fighter was an okay movie, um, you know, it had a great performance from Christian Bale, but everything else in that movie kind of meh for me. Well, and then... And then you have American Hustle. Then you have American Hustle, which again, you have a great performance by Bale. You have a great performance by, um, oh, why is my brain flipping Amy Adams. Name? Amy Adams. I was like, I can't see your fucking face. Uh, then you got a great performance by Amy Adams, but the movie overall itself, eh, maybe not so much. Right. Um, so I, I went into joy with a lot of trepidation, I'll, I'll say, because uh, David O. Russell has disappointed me more than he's, you know, kind of lit my fire. And... Um, I got to say, overwhelmingly shocked at how much I actually like this movie. Yeah, me too. I thought it was really good. Like, like ridiculously really good. And uh, I don't know why. So this movie uh, is sitting um, at about 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, whereas American Hustle, which I feel like is, is an abysmal movie, uh, 93%. Yeah, that's fucking insane to me. Uh-huh. That's insanity. How that movie is better than this movie. Um, so the story of Joy is a uh, a little girl who kind of grows up and everything, just kind of being the almost in a way de facto kind of head of this uh, kind of dysfunctional family and everything. Right. Um, who's never really done a whole hell of a lot. Didn't really get a lot of um, kind of inspiration in life. She's uh, She works in an airport and um, eventually, you know, they, she's not doing great at that job because she's trying to juggle 8 billion things in her life. So, right. you know, she can't do well. She can't perform well at the job that she has because she's got so many other jobs taking care of so many other different people. She has to be, you know, mom to her own kids and then, you know, mom to her own mom. And then, you know, her dad uh, ends up getting a divorce and coming back into the house, mm -hmm. um, you know, is shattered is uh, kind of in a sense. Uh, overshadowed by a half sister uh, who works with her dad and stuff. So I mean, there's a lot of things going against this character. The weight of this of the world is on this uh, woman's shoulders, and um, eventually decides to uh, go into business. And uh, she has like the idea for an invention, and uh, you know, and this is about her kind of that the fruition of that and the making of her business and her kind of. Uh, stepping to power and taking control of her own life and where her life is going to lead. Right. And um, and Jennifer Lawrence is another person that I can be hit or miss with, and um, I think she uh, I think she delivers pretty damn well on this thing. I think everybody, I I'll be honest with you, that trailer I hated that trailer when I saw it in the theater. It's the worst trailer I saw this year. But I'll say this: having watched the movie, I like the trailer more. <laughs> but maybe that's a factor of me liking the movie because. But here's I think a, that's fair. But like the like the trailer itself gives you fucking nothing to care about. Oh no, it's a Scorsese rip off jerkin your gherkin kind of fucking thing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, which, exactly. Which I, yes. and, and, and then and also I'll start with that a little bit because that's that's how I've seen David O. Russell is like a especially in these last couple years. A kind of like rip off wannabe Scorsese feels like he's got that fucking thing inside of him, but I never see it translated. You know, I have I felt like he was uh, not even trying to ape Scorsese as much as he was trying to pull off and not do it successfully. Uh, P.T. Anderson's first two big. Movies. There's a lot of that action in there, too. Yeah, I'd say a little Scorsese, a little P.T. Anderson for sure. Yeah. Well, because that's what Anderson was doing just very well, was aping Scorsese, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you you look at, you know, you look at Boogie Nights, which uh-huh. is very Scorsese-esque in a lot of ways. But at the same time, too, that's what makes it nice about what P.T. Anderson does is he does that thing. He apes it a little bit, but has enough of his fingerprint on it to you to now it make it his own thing. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which, which up until a lot of times in this point, David O. Russell's been very lackluster in putting his own fucking fingerprint on well, that. Which is so fucking weird because before he made the fighter, he had a very distinct voice, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, uh, what's the movie that he made before three Kings? Was it flirting with disaster? Is that him? Um, I can't, there's so many guys. I, I hate silver linings playbook. I wanted to talk about that. Spanking the monkey was like his first big independent thing. He did yeah, flirting yeah, yeah, with disaster he, right after that. Yeah. Yeah. So flirting with disaster. Couldn't remember the timeline, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Like he had, uh, a, uh, like a, an actual, like kind of feel to him. Right. It was this kind of weird, loose, uh, comedic drama kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, flirting with disaster was good. Three Kings was excellent. I heart Huckabees was fun. I thought, uh, but then he comes back with the fighter and it's just all this like extremely depressing shit. Um, and I don't know, and I don't mean that like subject matter wise, I just mean like his style, uh, is almost non-existent in those films, the fighter silver linings and American hustle, like American hustle has style, well, here's, but there's nothing that I would, I would look at and go like, this is a, this is Russell shit, right? That's, like that's the problem is because especially starting with the fighter, that's when he really starts to crank up the style, uh, button on his, uh, on his meters, if you will. Uh-huh. And and it feels fake. It does not feel genuine at all. American here, Hustle specifically works. very much feels like a P.T. Anderson, Scorsese kind of like, I'm going to channel this time. I'm going to channel the energy from this. And I'm really not going to understand what makes those uh, those things from those other directors tick properly. Right. But but I feel like finally with Joy, there's something that I can look at and say like, okay, I've seen a couple of these things american hustle most prominently is where i feel like he kind of solidified something again at least at least as a visual style or like a subject matter interest thing kind of uh instead of floating around right Mm -hmm. and with joy i feel like he's finally just back into a mode of like understanding what in the fuck it is he's doing well i I think i think the story wears into that because i'll be honest with you off the top this movie it like in the first like 10 15 minutes it felt like i was getting more of the same shit from him but once oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. once the story gets rolling and you get into it and things start to happen then the kind of he kind of reins it in a bit 
and just yeah. goes, I'm going to focus on the story and not kind of just a visual wank for everybody to go like, hey, how fucking cool does this look? It's like, yes, it looks yeah. fucking cool, but I don't give a fuck about that right now. I want to know yeah. what the goddamn story's about. Well, and I really think like that turn happens uh, kind of almost with uh, the second scene with her father, Robert De Niro, right? Like the first one is fun. Like it's a good entrance for that character where he comes in and he's, he's uh, yelling fucking, and smashing shit. He's yelling and smashing shit and uh, talking shit to his uh, ex-wife, her mom. Right. Um, but the, the second scene is really kind of where that turns a little bit and you're like, okay, there's some dynamics going on here that were not hinted at earlier. This might actually turn into some character work mm -hmm. and uh, it goes places. I, I thought that uh, the story, um, is very unconventional in, in some ways because I, I mean, really like, Oh, it's, it's just the fucking invention of the miracle mop, uh, which was a, a consumer product in the early nineties that took off on uh, QVC. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, like that's uh, a fucking nothing story. Like it's a self-made thing, but, uh, by focusing on these characters and their dynamics and kind of embellishing moments a little bit, um, I, I felt like it, it kind of became something very interesting that I actually really enjoyed watching. Um, and I also like what it didn't do. Um, this could have been a thing and you've seen, you know, they've, they've been together in plenty of uh, David or Russell's films, uh -huh. but I am astoundingly happy. Brad Bradley Cooper did not become a love interest. I mean, there's well, no I'm real also, spoiler I'm in also, that, but I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm also really happy that like he was, uh, a minor character relatively to yeah. the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, like, I think Diane Ladd has more screen time than he does. Yeah, probably. And, and maybe less dialogue, but definitely more screen time. Uh, Virginia Madsen has more screen time mm -hmm. than, than Bradley Cooper. Uh, and she's terrific, by the way. She was one of my favorite characters in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, between her and, uh, Joy's friend Jackie, played by, uh, oh shit, the actress from, uh, she's on, uh, Orange is New Black. Orange is the New Black, I right? Uh, uh, Pull something. It starts with a P or last name. Any fucking, Polana, right? Blanca, I can't pronounce it. I'm terrible. Anyway, I'm a person. I um, get it. <laughs> anyway, her like uh, Jackie in this film um, is, is really like like those two characters like her and, and uh, Virginia Madsen as the mom. Those were my two favorite characters in this movie. Uh, I will say and I said this on the last episode kind of just offhand as a joke. Um, I, Fucking Jennifer Lawrence does not play over over thirty years old. Over thirty years old, I don't think it's like she. she Here's the thing. Let me ask age. you this because I don't know this because they didn't. At least they didn't say it well enough in the thing for my particular taste. How long does how long a time span do you think this thing takes place? Um, twenty years. Because it's not but, it's not documented it's, that but, well. Well, except except that so. Okay, we know that they were married for three years, right? Because the marriage is the earliest thing we get that's not childhood, mm -hmm. right? So we know that she was married to Edgar Ramirez's character for three years and that for two years they've been divorced and he's been living there. So or let's say she's 24. So, so when we start. Yeah. Um, if that, right? Like right. let's say 20 yeah. even, right? Uh, so she's 20. When when she starts 25, uh, when the story picks up proper. Right, right. That's what okay. I'm saying. 
it's a, it's a couple of minutes, uh, a couple of years at least between the production manufacturer and the QVC stuff that like is all playing out, right? Because the, because she's getting back invoices, which means months have passed, right? Mm-hmm. But but the end of the film, right, is years later when she's really successful, right, and, and has her own business, and clearly in that stuff. She is not 25 anymore or 27, right? She's right. closing in on 40 and she does not, there's no fucking makeup. I was about to say, you there's, gotta like, you gotta like, older up a little bit, man. I mean, there, she's, she's a young, pretty actress, but you gotta, if time is I mean, passing, she's 25, hold them up a time. she does, she does not play over 30. No. She does not fucking look a fucking day over 30 years old throughout any of this movie, no matter how terrible her fucking hairstyles are. And, and you don't want to like, and it's a, it's a tough road to hold home, man, because I mean, you don't want to end up like the last Harry Potter movie where it looks like they're doing a goddamn school play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't need it to be that bad, but like put, give her a little bit of something, man. You, we have Oscar winning makeup directors out there, David, let's just fucking get one of them, put a couple of fucking crow's feet on her and, and call it a, a fucking afternoon. But yeah, no, I she mean, doesn't like they they change her clothes a bit. That's a and, and hairstyle a touch, and that's about it. Yeah, right. And makeup. Um, and so, uh, but but uh, she's very good. Everybody's really good in this thing, which uh, kind of surprised me because I felt like, I mean, we've mentioned numerous times at this point on this show that uh, the weakness in American Hustle was Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. Yeah. If if that movie had been nothing but Bale and Adams, it'd have been amazing. It would have been great. Uh, but here they're actually on, which is fine because I like both of them. I think they're both fine when when they have material to work with that uh, is worth a damn um, or that they seem to care about uh, more <laughs> more accurately. Um, but uh, here I think they're great. And uh, Robert De Niro, I thought, was fine. Um, we're going to get to see a lot more of him than uh, probably we would care to soon. Um, I'm going to show you my grandpa penis. I'm going to show it. <laughs> You're going to see my dick. Everybody's going to enjoy it. And you're, you're going to ask yourself, why is Joe grandpa- Pesci not here? <laughs> you're going to see my g- dirty grandpa dick. You're going to see uh, it. You're going to love it. Uh, Jesus. It really works a lot better if you see my face. I'm doing the face. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine De Niro saying that. You got to do the face. You got to do the face. Uh, but no, I mean, everybody's, everybody's really good at it. Everybody is, like I said, astounded as, as, as much as I like this. Cause at first, like I said, I, the first like 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, fuck me. We're in another fucking David O. Russell film where he's yanking it off to everybody, telling them what's what, look at my style, look at my panache. And it's just like, I don't, I want to see a fucking story, please. And he eventually ends up delivering the story. Um, it's about, I mean, not the subject matter of mops per se, but uh, about business and kind of and the hustle and being able to kind of step up on your own. And um, I, I love the, you know, I mean, this is probably boring to some people, uh, but I enjoy the shit about, you know, um, patents and rights and shit like that. Oh, like, yeah. That shit. Well, and, and to me. be able to make well and to be able to make that into like some sort of thriller. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, there are like moments in this movie. You're just like, where in the fuck is this going? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I found it really interesting. I thought the subject matter was compelling, even though it's about a fucking mop. Uh, but it's good. Um, and, and it's a human drama. There's not like the conflict is uh, familial more than anything. Uh, I was reading some some comment. It wasn't a review. It was just some chucklehead on the Internet. Uh <laughs> talking about how there was no no conflict and that made it terrible it's like well the conflict is like 
everyone in her family uh, is against her. The system is against her at some point. Um, she thinks she's going to lose all this fucking money. That's conflict. Like that is actually a type of drama. Um, it's not all like, is she going to fucking kill somebody or not? Kind of shit. Right. And I mean, I, I, I liked everything. I mean, just her going down and like being able to like confront the people that have kind of, kind of wronged their family and everything and really kind of, and then it's like, Oh shit, what's going to happen here? I mean, there are, I mean, there are ten, tense moments and it's, and it, it, it fucking works way better than it ever fucking should. <laughs> I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say, go out and see this one guys. Yeah, I, uh, I can't believe I'm recommending to you folks a, to go see a David O. Russell film. If you'd asked me at the beginning of the year, do you think uh, somebody should uh, go see a David O. Russell film? I'd be like, eh, you know, you don't have to if you don't want to. If if you had told me even the week that I saw Joy that I was going to come out of there liking it and thinking it was a good film, I would have told you to get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd, I'd have been in the same boat. I'd have been like, oh, oh, really? Joy, you think I'm going to like this garbage? I've seen that trailer. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking good, people. Go get on it. So there you are. We're not just going to shit talk. We're going to own up. See? We're, 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 we are men enough to stand back and just go, look. We're professionals, god damn it. Damn straight. <laughs> So, you know, there you go, kids, man. Fucking two big ass reviews in, uh, in, in two days uh, from two different f- f- four reviews in two days. I mean, that's six fucking, different films. If you count our if what you count the what you've been movies. watching stuff, people. I mean, so don't say we didn't never give you nothings because we did uh, big time here. And now so next week uh, we're going to be talking about The Revenant. We're going to be talking about Carol and maybe something else. Who the fuck knows? It kind of depends on what we all see. And all that kind of jazz, because that's how this show works. Doing more for you than any other fucking movie podcast out there does. Oh, we review a movie a week? Boo fucking who do you, pal? We did four. Six if you count the other shit. So, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Just follow me at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Uh, There's some stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, We talked at the beginning of last episode a little bit about uh, some of the plans coming up for the film find and uh, things we hope to do. Uh, So uh, if you're interested in that sort of shit, drop us a fucking line, man. Uh, Filmfind at gmail.com. That is correct. Yeah, I got to add the article in there. (laughs) The Filmfind at gmail.com. Not that other film find that you know. The film find, motherfuckers. So So, uh, uh, do that. Yeah. What about you? Where can we find you? Of course, the uh, you can always follow us on the tweets at the film find at the everything is at thefilmfind.com. There you can also find the links to like my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com. We're gonna be doing uh, you know Constantine coming up. We just dropped the episode this week about um, the other fucking movie. I forget. I'm already this, I'm already that quickly forgetting about what it's like. Uh, but let's uh, and then after that we're gonna be doing uh, Jonah Hex, huh? Hmm? Jonah Hex. Who wants to see my me slip my wrists? Uh, so we'll be talking about all that kind of good stuff. So that is it, everybody. Until uh, then, j- j- fucking write us a review on iTunes, for Christ's sakes. We do so much goddamn work for you people. It, it'd be, just take two seconds out of your day. For those of you who have done it, thank you so much. We appreciate you. You're, uh, you're uh, you know, the, the best of the peoples out there. But uh, for those of you who haven't, just take two seconds out of your day. Go fucking do that shit. We'd really appreciate yeah. it. Oh, and, and hmm? if they saw Hateful Eight and 70 Mil... Drop us a line. Let us know what you thought. Yeah, because I've heard some. We'll, we'll some, talk about your shit on it. I heard Did there, you have problems? Yeah, I heard there were some problems at some places I've heard. So uh, let us know about that. Here, uh, the film find at gmail.com. That's it, everybody. Until next week, from Matt Smith, I'm Matt Portress. Take it easy, everybody. Man.
get shit on there's some good fucking shit in it. i think so i think but well some people they get I, maybe they get thrown they away get tied up uh, in, in disco they get thrown away in the disco thing and i think that's they, i think that's where it comes but from. they made like two disco albums and those fucking disco albums are good they're though. good shit too man i fucking love them saturday no, night fever is one of my right, favorite man. fucking soundtracks of all time i love that fucking thing Fiji's fucking good i will play that shit like fucking crazy i don't even care jive talking oh my god jive talking is so goddamn good Damn it, it's a good fucking song. I will play the shit out of that. I, How deep is your love, that fucking song? Come on. God damn. Come on, people. Yeah, they were fucking good. Too many Gib Brothers lost too fast. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. But uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, man, so more stuff, more stuff. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you this. At least we got two more you know, potentially good movies uh, You know, for the next two weeks because uh, fuck knows after that, bro. We get into the doldrums of January, and then I think February is going to surprise people this year, though. That's my guess. I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, we got like Ride Along too. Did you see the first Ride Along? I'm watching it. Soon. It's okay. So I can uh, honest get to God. I mean, it's not. It's not amazing. It's it's serviceable. It's uh-huh. serviceable. So I'm kind of looking forward to Ride Along too. It's like you got two guys who know who they are, who know what their personas are, and they just kind of go with it. And for what it is, you know, fucking it's all right. I'll tell you what looks terrible, though. That goddamn fucking Norm of the North, that looks awful. Boy, that uh, looks bad. Yeah, it does. The Fifth um, Wave, that's probably going to be terrible. The Boy, that doesn't look very good. No. Uh, I, I have some I have- hope that... Um, Oh, what the fuck is that movie coming out? Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Fifty Shades of Black. I know you want to see it. No. My God. I saw that, that and looks... I was fucking groaning about that shit. Woo! No. Um, what's the fucking movie with... Uh... Fuck. Jane Got a Gun? Finest Hours? Yeah. Well, Jane Got a Gun I'm looking forward to, but... Uh... That got pushed back. I don't know that that's a good sign. Well, I mean, maybe not, but, um, God damn it. I can't even remember what the fuck this thing is now. Never mind. Hail Caesar, boy. No, I mean, all those things come out much later. I'll just name off all the fucking movies. (laughs) All that shit comes out much later. So, uh, fuck it. Um, no, uh, there's that, uh, Rory Culkin movie. The fuck? Mm. Intruders or some shit? Mm, I'm not sure what that is. Well, we got a Michael Bay movie coming out. We got 13 hours. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm, I mean, 
Hey, do you guys want to hear some uh, made-up bullshit about Benghazi? Here you go. <laughs> hey, you know all this horse shit? <laughs> We're you know make- all this horse shit that people will not shut the fuck up about even though there's proven nothing to be fucking going on? Here's a fucking thing about some stuff that's going on. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, uh, You know what I'm kind of... I mean, like, like, I'm interested to see it uh, because I, I dig war movies and, and like, I don't, I'm not Bay a big fans. Bay maker, but also... Uh, yeah. And, and the screenplay for that, I believe, is by Chuck Hogan, hmm. uh, who um, was clearly Chuck Hulk Hogan's son. We know that much. <laughs> well, uh, oh, no, that's right. No, he, Hogan's Heroes. My fault. But he did write um, he did write uh, the novel that the town was based on. And he's he's written okay. some really good novels, uh, including he co-authored the the strain books with uh, Guillermo del Toro. He, he basically wrote them all of them uh as, as del toro gave him ideas for plot points and stuff um but yeah so i, I you know i'm interested in in uh 13 hours or whatever the fuck it's called but uh i do expect it to be full-on jingoistic bullshit as well well yeah <laughs> i mean it's kind of what he does but well yeah i mean like all the transformers movies are also advertisements for the army Very america so. fuck yeah kind of <laughs> going on no doubt so, uh you know I'm not surprised. Is about hey, I just, so. can we get a can we get the Bay that made Pain and Gain to make another movie though? Yeah, well, I mean, they announced man, he's doing Transformers Five. Yep. Well, says, uh, look, he says I'll, he's I'll out after it. that, but I don't, uh, I don't buy it. I he did says, he say it was done after the third one? Oh, of course he did. Yeah. Uh, this he's he's Al Pacino, man. He's like every time so, I think they're out, they pull me back so, in. While we're on this fucking train, uh. I want to confess something. Uh, right. So so we've discussed uh, earlier uh, this year in a little uh, What You've Been Watching review, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, which was enjoyable, although not great. Not great. I am really pumped for this sequel. This man. fucking sequel looks dope, son. <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady. Did you see they confirmed Krang is in it? Yes. Uh, I hope. I just hope. Like. Some people are really fucking down on it because, uh, I don't know, I guess they just really fucking hate uh, that April O'Neil isn't a redhead. You know what I call them? You know what I call them? Baiters. Like, (laughs) bay haters. Baiters. Baiters. Y'all just beat a bunch of fucking baiters. (laughs) Why don't you guys quit being some Michael Baiters? Boom. Uh, Michael Baiterade. There's some Michael Baiterade. (laughs) Drinking on that Michael Baiterade, son. But no, I read read an article and basically everybody, it was funny. They they asked about the first Ninja Turtles movie and they were like, they're like, this seems like it's a lot different than the other one. And all the guys who who play the turtles and all the mocap stuff and everything, they all kind of looked at each other and like, and the the writing was like, they all kind of gave like a kind of sly smile and they didn't want to shit on the previous director, but they were kind of like, yeah, they didn't really get what this was about. And the guy who's directing the second one grew up a Ninja Turtles fan. So this yeah. is a guy who is was steeped in it as a kid and knows what these movies should be. And that fucking trailer has the tone of what that first movie should have been like. It's a well, seems like it's a lot one, more the guy fun. That made like uh, Wrath of the Titans or some shit. Probably. I think that's what it was. Battle Los Angeles, I believe. Whew. He he has made some fucking garbage, right? So, but I mean, this was like, I think they realized, hey, maybe we should have some humor. Maybe this should be fun and funny. And that's what it feels like they're really going towards. And really, 
just going balls out to the wall here. And I, I think it's going to be a lot of damn fun. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. When they, when they bust in driving the fucking van and you hear some run DMC, it's just like, Oh, the, oh but, holy shit! This the whole, is the guy that made Earth to Echo. The van, the van looks like it's supposed to look now. It's just like it feels like they went through and just like, hey, you know what was fucking wrong with that one? Let's just fix all that shit and do it right this time. Yeah, so, hell yeah. I'm, I'm, I, that's surprisingly one of the movies I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I was not looking forward to the first one after I saw the trailer. Yeah, and it was, it was fair. It was fair. It was all right. It was okay. I mean, it was one on the on on HMP that my rating actually went up. Um, as the end of the year rolled around, because I was like, eh, maybe I was a little bit too harsh on it. I mean, I liked it well enough. Not not amazingly good. I mean, it was given to me on Blu-ray for Christmas last year. I think that's about the only way I would have. I don't think I would have purchased it, but it was given to me. So I'm like, okay, I'll take that. And, you know, I didn't return it. <laughs> so it wasn't so bad that I took the time out to, you know, go get something else. But, you know, right. it works. Hell yeah. So, yeah, tons of stuff, man. 2015, or 2015 gone, 2016 happening. So. Oh, God. I'm not ready. Strap in, fuckers. All right. Well, uh, next week we'll be back. Revenant. Carol. The Forest. Word. <laughs>